Turn with me to Colossians 3, 1. Colossians 3, verse 1. Uh, the Apostle Paul said elsewhere one time, I count all things but garbage that I might know him. Everything else in his life, he, he had achieved quite a bit. He had he'd been educated in uh, the schools of Judaism under Hillel, uh, which was very prestigious. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. Um, all of these different things that he had accomplished, he was above everyone else his age uh, in Judaism, and, and he'd progressed farther than anybody else. But then one day on the Damascus Road, as he was going to persecute Christians, a light shone around him, and Jesus said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And uh, he, he bowed the knee to Jesus Christ and, uh, as you know, became a great apostle of Jesus Christ. And once he knew Christ, he said, everything else that I thought was important in my life just pales in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ. And so um, we need to experience these blessings that are our heritage, uh, that God has given us in a relationship with Christ. And if you don't know Christ, you need a relationship with him through faith and repentance, uh, uh, faith in Jesus Christ. If you know him, you need to live in the fullness of his Holy Spirit and live in the fullness of the blessings he's given to us in Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's actually in this scripture has been talking to the Colossians about some false teaching they'd received. And he said, look, you've been told by these guys uh, that you need to do these practices and abuse your body and these kinds of things. He said, this is, this is just stuff of religion and of the world. Uh, this is not what truly Christianity is about. And so in chapter 3, he shifts gears and he says, look, I want you to know what Christianity is about. It's about a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And it's about your relationship with him. And so he's seeking to focus them on what's most important in these verses. And um, we need to enjoy these blessings that God has given to us in Jesus Christ. So the title of my message, in case you're wondering, God changed the outline. Same scripture, God changed the outline uh, this afternoon. But uh, the title is The Blessings of Knowing Christ. And so look with me at chapter 3 and verse 1 of Colossians. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will, be, uh, will appear with him in glory. And so he's in Colossians he talks a lot about us being in Christ. So we've died with Christ, we've been raised with Christ, we've ascended to the right hand with Christ. We're uh, in heavenly places. Every Christian is a member of two kingdoms. Uh, we're, we're a member of the kingdom of this world, but we're also a member of the kingdom of heaven. And so as a member of the kingdom of heaven, we actually have access to heavenly places and heavenly things and a heavenly relationship with Jesus Christ. And so uh, he's saying, look, you've been raised with Christ. What does that mean? Well, there's certain blessings that go along with that. And uh, the first blessing I'd like you to see is the blessing of a spiritual 
relationship. A spiritual relationship. He says, seek, verse 1, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He said, seek Christ. Seek the, the things of heaven. Seek a relationship with him. Uh, seek to enjoy and benefit from this great relationship that you have. Now, God's given us a lot of different illustrations of the kind of relationship he wants to have with us. If you're married, uh, the relationship of husband and wife is an illustration that God has given us. It's a blessing. It's also an illustration, however imperfect it may be, of our relationship with God. The Bible says that Christ is the groom and the church is the bride, the people of God's uh, uh, of God's kingdom. And so uh, this relationship of marriage, the love that you have for your spouse, uh, God wants to use that as an illustration. Do we love imperfectly? Absolutely. Do we make mistakes? Absolutely. But the best that we see in marriage in this life is meant to be a picture of our relationship with God. Uh, another, another illustration of this relationship is a relationship of a parent and a child. Um, God calls himself our Father. You remember what Jesus said? He's teaching the disciples to pray. He said, when you pray, pray our Father. That was kind of revolutionary. The Jews didn't pray that way. He said, pray our Father. And so we're to look at God as our Father, as the perfect Father. Sometimes people have hang-ups with their Father. You know, the sin that your Father has committed is not reflective of God. God is the perfect Father. But everything good that we see in the perfect uh, situations of life, those situations of life where we get those glimpses. Nobody's a perfect father. We get those glimpses of uh, what a true father is like. That is a picture of God's heart toward us. And when you hold your kids for the first time, I'll never forget, uh, with both my kids it was this way, but it, it really shocked me with Megan because she was my first one. And I, I had no idea uh, the intense feelings of love that I would have for her immediately. And I remember holding her in my arms. And after, after, after uh, a couple of days, uh, uh, I, I remember I was, sitting, I was sitting at home in my quiet time and it hit me. That's how God loves me. And the tears just began to flow. And I realized, God, you have shown me something about yourself in letting me be a father. That this is your heart toward me. And so this spiritual relationship, uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. There's a problem, right? The problem is sin. Sin separates us from God. And so God sent Jesus to take the the penalty for our sin on the cross to be raised from the dead so that we could be reconciled with God so the barrier of sin could be done away with. Now, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible says eternal life begins. Or eternal life is knowing the Lord God and knowing Jesus Christ. That's the definition in John 17, 3 that God gives us. So immediately when you put your trust in Christ, eternal life begins. Now, there's more of it yet to come that's going to be even greater. Uh, but it begins that moment you trust in Jesus Christ. But 
what comes in to mess up our relationship? Again, sin's the culprit, right? Now, we don't stop being a child of God because of sin as a Christian, but it does break our fellowship with God. And so we have to go to God and confess that sin. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that that fellowship can be restored. I remember uh, years ago, a a two-year period, I won't get into the details of it, but I was bitter at God. I was angry with God about something that didn't go the way I thought it ought to go in my life. And isn't it funny how we think we know better than God a lot of the times? But anyway, I had, I had persisted in that. And finally, after about two years, I, I came to God. I, I was in a spiritual desert in my life. And I just I thought, you know what? My, my Christian life, I, I have no joy. I, I don't experience God's peace. I don't sense his presence. Uh, it's just a drudgery. And finally, I told God, I said, okay, God, you do whatever you desire in my life. I confess that I've been bitter toward you, and uh, I just want the sweetness back in my relationship with you. And can I tell you, instantaneously, I sense God's presence in my heart. I want to tell you, that's the heart of our God. Um, So this spiritual relationship is a great blessing that God has given us and is part of knowing Christ. Enjoy it. Uh, sometimes people think uh, in terms of, okay, Christianity, I've got, these are all the things i got to do. i got to uh, check all these items off my list. Don't look at your Christian life that way. Look at, at it as a privilege that you get to come be in the presence of the living God who loves you. And uh, you can cast your cares upon him. Uh, you can uh, ask him for wisdom. Uh, you can tell him about what you're frustrated with and ask him for grace to help you love people that are unlovely. Whatever it may be that you need that's on your heart, you can bring to him in relationship. One of my favorite parts, I mentioned this this morning a little bit, but uh, one of my favorite parts of this relationship is worship. And, and what I mean by that is worship in music and, and just singing to the Lord. And, uh, and the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts of praise. And uh, what a great thing uh, to be able to enter into that relationship. What they did is they came into Jerusalem, they entered the gates of the city. They would sing these songs called Songs of Ascents, and they would, they'd be worshiping God as they entered the gates. And then they would enter the courts of the temple, and they're still singing. They're still praising God. And this was their preparation for their time with God. Um, so... Um, As we worship God, God inhabits the praises of his people, and he draws near to us. Uh, So enjoy that spiritual relationship. Spend daily time with him. Spend time with God's people so that you can have fellowship and and be encouraged in that relationship with God. Um, Sometimes God's people will speak into your life to help you in your relationship with the Lord. I've had a a friend before give a, a gentle rebuke. It's helped me walk more closely with God. Um, but more often, there's an encouragement. Uh, just that Maybe it's a scripture verse that somebody shares or a testimony. God's done this in my week uh, this past week. And look at the prayer God answered. And, and uh, it builds my faith and helps me in my relationship with God. So uh, the blessings of knowing Christ, the first one is a spiritual relationship. The second one is spiritual truth. Spiritual truth. 
Now, there's a lot of different opinions out there in the world. There's a lot of people saying, this is what we believe to be right. This is what we believe to be wrong. Uh, this is what, how we think you ought to live. This is how we think you ought not to live. And there's a whole lot of different opinions swirling around. All you have to do is look at Twitter, and you'll find all kinds of material uh, for people's opinions about what they believe. But guess what? If people disagree with, with each other, they're wrong. Somebody's wrong because not both of them can be right if they hold alternate opinions. And the fact is, if you live long enough, you'll be wrong about something. Amen? Uh, I've been wrong more times than I could count. Uh, but, but I'm grateful that as a child of God, I don't have to depend on the fallible opinions of men to know what's best in life. I can come to the Word of God and I can find the unchanging truth that God has given in His Word that never goes out of style. It's, it's amazing. You know, I, I've been studying God's Word. I remember as a new Christian, somebody told me, this is important, you need to get into God's Word. And, and I didn't really know what I was doing, and I, a lot of it I didn't understand, but I would go and I'd begin to read. And, um, but over the years, as I have learned God's Word more and and I've gotten deeper into it. Uh, you know what I've found? It's true. It's wise. It's helpful. Uh, nothing that you could read is as helpful as what you can find in the Word of God. Or as wise. Um, everybody, you've got quote, quote, experts. You know, if you go to school on something, you learn more than the average person about a certain topic, right? And so... You can speak probably on a different level than someone else who knows about that topic. But can I tell you something? God is the expert on everything. He is the one who has superior knowledge, superior wisdom. He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. Um, as the heavens above the earth, uh, so are my ways higher than your ways. And you know what I found that's true? I've had an idea of what I thought my life ought to be, and that God's had a different plan. And can I tell you, his plan's always better. Uh, God has given us this great treasure of his spiritual truth. Um, the Jewish rabbis, when they would teach the Torah, that's the first five books of the Bible, uh, they'd teach the Torah to their, their students. They would have a, a plate with some honey, and they would... They would say, okay, eat, eat the honey, and they would lick the honey off the plate. I hope they washed them afterwards. But uh, uh, the, the rabbi would say, the word of God is like honey. Talk about a powerful image for a young, young person to, to grasp. Uh, Solomon said this. He said, uh, search for wisdom more than for gold and silver. Solomon had plenty of gold and silver. He was the most wealthy man in the world. Uh, silver was so common, nobody worried about it. I mean, everything was gold in the, the temple and the, and the palace that he built. Uh, he was wealthy beyond description. He had all kinds of knowledge and, uh, about different things, all kinds of experiences that he went through. But he said, oh, listen, I can tell you, there's nothing more valuable than the wisdom that you can find in God's word. And we know he's talking about God's wisdom because he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
So God's word, uh, elsewhere, Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we renew our minds, God changes us. This, this word has a power to it. it. It's not unlike any other book in that it is the inspired word of God, and that as we read it with a willing heart, God begins to do his work of change within us and supernaturally makes us into the person that God wants us to be. It's an amazing thing. Um, we grow in Christ and we begin to see God do things in our lives and overcome habits in our lives. And uh, it's amazing what God's word can do. Uh, many times I've, I've gone to God's word for guidance. Uh, sometimes I've gone to God's word for wisdom. Lord, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I need some help. Would you please uh, help me find some wisdom? And, and I'll come to God's word and God will give me a guidance that gives me help in my life. So, so valuable. People are looking for absolutes. People don't know what they believe these days. I want to tell you something. We've got absolutes. By the way, absolutes are dependent upon the character of God. They come from the character of God. And that's why they're unchanging. God is the basis for, for the truth that he has given us. So this spiritual truth is, is important. The Bible says it exposes us. The Bible says it's living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. They would, they would cut these sacrificial animals apart and expose them to see if there was an, a blemish in them. That's the same language that's used in the word of God. It exposes who we are. Uh, so that we can then confess that to God and God can begin to change it in us. And it is powerful. Um, the change in individuals. That Paul, I mentioned Paul earlier. Uh, to see Saul become Paul. Uh, to see him uh, become the greatest missionary of that day. Uh, it was just a true miracle of the living God. Uh, the, the fact that he could become... Uh, an apostle after being a persecutor. That's the kind of transform, uh, transforming work that Jesus does. Um, he changes us and helps us become better husbands, better fathers, better uh, workers. Uh, all of these different areas of life are covered. Um, there's no facet of life that God's word doesn't address. It, it has wisdom for every area of life. So he says, listen, set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. Uh, enjoy this spiritual truth. Consider this spiritual truth. Delight in this spiritual truth. Uh, David said, Lord, all, all day long I think about your, your law. He'd become so fascinated. I want to tell you something. This scripture has such depth. There's so many layers. I mean, there's there's a, in one sense it's simple so that our child can understand the, the plan of salvation, but in another sense it's so deep that theologians study different areas of scripture for their whole life and they don't get to the bottom of it. I mean, it, it, it is like unlike anything else. You want something to challenge your mind, you want something uh, to to capture your imagination. Come to the word of God and enjoy the spiritual truth that God has given us. That's one of your heritages as a child of God. And you have the Holy Spirit within to help you learn it and uh, benefit from it as you come with a willing heart.
So, um, the blessings of knowing Christ, a spiritual relationship. Secondly, spiritual truth. Thirdly, spiritual abundance. Verse 3, he says, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What's he mean by that? Sometimes Christians may not look all that impressive. Uh, I remember when I first came to Christ, uh, we, uh, we had limited funds, and uh, my uncle was a Salvation Army preacher. And we went to visit him, and, my, and my, uh, he gave my parents these orange plaid pants for me to wear. And I told Mom, I ain't wearing those. And she said, yes, you are. And so I, I wore those pants to school and, and never heard the end of it. Uh, but, but can I tell you something? You know, we, at times we may not look like much on the outside, but there's a treasure within. And that treasure is the person of Jesus Christ. The mystery he talked about earlier that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. There is a hidden life, a hidden mystery. Listen, I want to tell you something. Um, if you have everything else but you don't have Christ, you're a pauper. But if you have Christ and you don't have everything else, you're rich. Jesus Christ, he said, I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. If you go into the self-help section of any bookstore, you'll find a huge selection of books. How to be happy, how to live a life of fulfillment, and all these things. Uh, people are trying to find meaning and happiness in life. But there's one place it can be found. And that's in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The only lasting meaning and satisfaction in the soul comes in a relationship with him. I remember um, when God had begun to work on me and try to bring me to Christ, I'd, I'd struggle with it. And I thought, well, you know, if I, if I become a Christian, I'll have to give up this. I'll have to change in this. And I'm not sure I want to do that. And um, I just was kind of wrestling with it. But when I finally surrendered, you know what I found? Not only is Jesus the greatest treasure, but I found that everything else in life that God had blessed me with, I was able to enjoy. What a blessing. Uh, Jesus is the one, when he lives within us, there's a, an abundance that comes. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. That's just joy and peace. If you take those two things right there, you could just take about half of the self-help books that are in the, in the bookstore and throw them to the flames because Jesus provides all the joy and the peace that you need when you're walking with him. Um, it's an abundance that comes. It's a, there's an, a joy that comes. Now, not every Christian lives in that joy. Uh, some uh, live in disobedience. There may be something that God tells them to do, they're unwilling to do. Uh, maybe there's something they're doing that they shouldn't be doing. But there's a, there's a barrier there, and the, the fellowship has been broken because of sin, and they haven't dealt with it. And so they don't live in that joy. Sometimes people get angry with somebody. They hold a, hold a bitterness against someone, and uh, they, they miss out on the joy, the abundance of the Christian life because they're unwilling to be uh, obedient to God. Uh, now, none of us are perfectly obedient, but... Uh, a, a true, genuine desire to stay close to the Lord and to keep those sins confessed each day 
to keep seeking after the things of God will bring ultimately bring a harvest of abundance. Um, we, we talked about the parable of the sower a, few, a couple of weeks back and um, the, the fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. You know what I found? The longer that you walk with Jesus, the sweeter he gets. The more fruit there is in that relationship. The more you invest. He said, I'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. The more that you draw near to Jesus and you invest in that in your life, the more fruit it produces. And, and I have to shake my head sometimes just in, in amazement at how good God is. And so often uh, when I have been perplexed and I thought, God, how is this going to happen? And, and Lord, I'm concerned about this, I'm concerned about that. And I've taken those things to the Lord and, and I just tried to obey him from day to day and, and trust him with it. Uh, over and over again, I've seen him work in a situation. And, and I just have to shake my head in amazement and say, God, you are so, so good. And um, this abundance comes and it increases as we grow in our walk with God. Uh, Peter said it this way. Uh, we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Um, he says, though our, uh, out, Paul says, though our outward man is wasting away, our inward man is being renewed day by day. Every day there's fresh oil. Every day there's a continuing encouragement there in that abundance. Paul talked about the peace that passes understanding. There's been so many times that I've gone to God with, with uh, burdens and I've thanked him as that scripture says to do. And sometimes it might take five minutes, sometimes it might take 20 minutes of going back and forth. Lord, I'm frustrated about this, I'm upset about this, I'm anxious about this. But Lord, thank you that you've come through, through for me in the past. Thank you. you know, and, and God, he's, he's changing me. He's, he's um, tuning my heart up as I go through that process. And after about that 20-minute period, um, in the longer cases, finally that peace will come. And it's amazing. What, was, what had me all distraught, what had me all out of sorts... Now there's the peace of God. And I couldn't really explain it. I couldn't really describe it. Sometimes I've talked to, I've talked to Philip and, and some of the other guys. We go out to, to share Christ. I, I wish I could open up my heart and let people see what Jesus does for you. Because it, it's hard to describe. It's hard to put into words. But what an amazing abundance he gives us as we seek him. So Paul says, don't worry about all these other things that people are trying to to foist on you, you just fix your mind on taking advantage of this relationship you have with Christ, his spiritual truth, his spiritual abundance. And this, finally, I want you to see the blessings of knowing Christ as a spiritual hope. Verse 4 says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. There's going to be a day when Jesus Christ comes. Um, there's some disagreement about exactly the timings and so forth, but what I believe is that at a moment that no one knows, God will give the command to his son, Jesus Christ, and he will come to catch up his church. And the 1 Thessalonians 4 says, 
the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And in one instant, everything's going to change. I, I mentioned the not maybe not looking so good on the outside. I'm going to look good on the outside. I'm going to have heavenly robes of glory. Uh, I, I may have physical problems with my allergies and so forth, but one day I'm going to have a body that has no sickness. I may not have all the money that some people have while I'm here, but can I tell you, someday I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I've got a hope. And Jesus Christ is the one who brings all this. But he says, Jesus Christ, who is your life, appears. The greatest hope of heaven is not the streets of gold or the walls of Jasper. The greatest hope of heaven is that we'll get to see our Savior and relate to him as we've never related to him before. And uh, Moses said, Lord, let me see your glory. We talked about that this morning too. But God said, oh, you can only see the back of me. And Moses was radiating the glory of God. He had to put a veil on. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If that's what happens on earth, when a man gets just a glimpse of the glory of God, can you imagine what it's going to be like to see him? This is the heritage that we have as, as his children. The spiritual blessing of God. He said, Paul says, look, why would, you, why would you be all distressed about trying to please all these people and what their different opinions are and uh, these, these false teachers when you have these kind of blessings? Just enjoy the blessings you have in Christ. Put your hope in Jesus. Somebody once said the only thing that we'll get to keep is what we do for others and what we give away, what we do for Christ. And uh, what an amazing thing to enter that place where we'll receive the rewards that we, for the things that we've done here. And um, so blessings of knowing Christ, it's like nothing else. Um, he's going to go on in the rest of the chapter, and I'm not going to get to the rest of the chapter tonight, but he's going to talk about some specific ways that we can seek Christ and draw near to him and so forth. But... Um, I'm just so glad that we have these blessings in Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, are you taking advantage of the blessings that you have in Jesus? Uh, are you enjoying that relationship, the abundance that you have in Christ? Are you delighting in, his, in the hope uh, elsewhere that said the hope, which is the helmet of salvation, it'll protect you from the evil one, that hope. It's a powerful thing. Uh, are you enjoying the spiritual truth that God has given you? If not, begin today. Uh, and um, two ways that you can do that. One is, if you don't know Jesus Christ, begin a relationship with him. I realize we're Sunday night. Usually there's not uh, a whole lot of lost people on Sunday night. But I'm going to tell you, uh, I always like to, to offer the invitation. The Bible says that... Um, it is appointed to man once to die and after after judgment. And so we have an opportunity um, while we're here uh, to repent of our sin and put our trust in Jesus. And so um, Christ died to pay the price for sin and rose again. So if you need to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm just going to ask you here in a moment if you're ready to surrender and receive that gift of eternal life to, to come receive it. Um, the second way you can respond is say, Lord, if you already know Christ, you can say, Lord, I haven't been taking advantage of these things, but uh, Lord, I want to 
enjoy these things, and I'm choosing today by faith to begin spending regular time with you in relationship, regular time with God's people, regular time uh, in prayer and in the Word. And so as, as you make that commitment to do that and ask God for His grace and ask God to lead you in that, um, God will begin to work in your life and help you to begin to enjoy these spiritual blessings. Um, it's a faith thing. Uh, the Bible says whatsoever is not a faith is sin. So we just put our trust in Jesus and we say, Lord, I want to enjoy these blessings. I may not be quite sure how to get from point A to point B, but I trust you. And I, I surrender to your purpose in my life and I want to draw near to you. And I'm going to, by faith, take the time to do these things and sow this seed in my life so that I can reap the fruit that you desire me to reap. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, giving us uh, these great, wonderful spiritual blessings that you've given us. Um, God, I, I, I can't imagine...